there's an uprising right now going on in the entertainment industry as it relates to Christianity. And, and, uh, and, and we need your prayers and we cover your support and you're a part of it when you go see the movies. Just know that in Hollywood, God is at work. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome again to the One Cry Podcast. We are so honored that you're listening today, and we hope you share it and let others know about it. We're hearing great things about how God's speaking to people about it, and the real hope and desire behind it is just to spread a a desire, a right desire for a real move of God Mm -hmm. again in our day, and then to hear some real stories of what God has done and is doing Mm -hmm. in our country and to pray together. You know, there's a famous saying that you hear a lot about revival is that the the fame of revival spreads the flame of revival. Yeah. So the stories, yeah, it matter. Uh, they they really matter. And when we started this one cry podcast, uh, we just thought, Lord, how can we could, could is there something we could do mm-hmm. in a in a, a a way that people are listening, right. which is by podcast so often now, that could accelerate the movement of God. Right. I mean, that's that's the whole point of this, yeah. and so. Uh, we hope you join us every week, but also uh, share it and 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 tell your yeah, friends yeah. about it. And and that's not for any glory for anybody. It's sure. just we just want to accelerate the movement of revival. And you know, uh, Kyle, we're talking in this little three week series right. about the Jesus movement. Yeah, and uh, it always stimulates us to hear stories about that right. movement. But we're also talking about. How God prepares a nation for revival, and we've seen that the past uh, two weeks. Man. We're going to talk about it now. You've done some really good work for us, Bill, to help us see. And I'd encourage you if you missed those two, go back and listen to those mm-hmm. two because there's always something previous. Mm-hmm. You say there's always work beforehand. And in looking back over the Jesus movement, God was at work before it was a movement. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Jesus was doing something in the lives of people, mm-hmm. preparing their hearts and souls. And I know today you're going to take us just a little bit deeper mm-hmm. into that work. Yeah. You know, uh, we're looking at John the Baptist, who the Bible said he was a voice mm-hmm. that came crying in a very desperate uh, time, the wilderness, he called it. And uh, he he uh, repeated Isaiah's admoni- admonition to bring down the high places, lift up the low places, and prepare a highway for our God so the King of Glory could come in. And then we saw this manifestation uh, with the coming of Christ in his public ministry. When you look at what happened with John the Baptist, you see these six or seven preparatory steps. And we've talked about four of those that voices uh, began to be sent to us with a message to prepare, to repent, to turn. Desperation begins to grow and a cry starts to uh, erupt. There's a new movement of prayer uh, that repentance is restored. People start seeing their sin and their need for Christ and unity builds across denominational lines. Uh, people start gathering together to pursue God and to cry out for his work of reviving in the nation. Uh, two, two, two more things that we want to add to that today that we see as John the Baptist was used, and, and we see historically 
before every movement of God that's happened in our nation's history. Uh, a fifth thing that happens is spiritual activity increases. So the Bible says in John the Baptist's day, all the people were going out, they were being baptized, they were confessing their sins. In other words, stuff was just happening. Spiritual things were happening. And, you know, we see times, we can look up, uh, back 10 years, for instance, and we see times when there's a lull in terms of spiritual activity. 85% of the churches, evangelical churches in America, are plateaued or dying. No activity, no spiritual thing going on. But in times of revival, people start to move, a movement of prayer, a movement of repentance, a movement of activity begins to happen. In the Welsh Revival, 1904-1905, if you study the 10 years before, uh, one of the things that happened was pastors began to get desperate because what they were doing was not working. And one of the, some of the pastors realized, you know, one of the missing messages is the role of the Holy Spirit and our response to him. So they began to have conferences about this, and it began to stir up uh, uh, activity among the pastors. One of these, there were four young pastors in one area of Wales, and they just, their hearts were just desperate for God. So they decided to call F.B. Meyer, who was a noted Bible teacher, and ask him to come to their area. Well, uh, he said, I can't come. But he said, I, I want to encourage you to go uh, to the conference at Landenrood. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Landenrood, they're having one of these conferences on holiness and, and revival and the Holy Spirit's role. Those four young guys went to that conference, got unified and tremendously inspired by the teaching, and came back, and those four young men were the champions for revival in their area of Wales when the revival broke out in 1904 and 1905. Just increased spiritual activity. I, I, I wish I had the time. I won't take it. But to just tell you the things that are happening across our nation. Just, just all kinds of meetings and conferences and prayer movements in the last five or six years that have sprung up, and they're all around the same thing, our desperate need uh, to, to turn back to God as a nation, as churches, and to cry out to God for a reviving work and for a spiritual awakening among those who are far from God. So I think... I think when you when you when you say okay, you know we should be a student of the times, and we should recognize the activity of God. So when you see spiritual activity increasing, like it did in John the Baptist day, know that the Lord is near, uh, knocking on the door. And then one final thing is, and I love this: uh, prior to re- to movements of revival, Christ is exalted. So the Bible says in Mark 1, 7 about about John the Baptist, he was preaching and saying, after me is coming one who is mightier than I. I'm not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So 
They said, are you the one? And they were looking at John. Boy, is this the great evangelist? This is the guy we ought to follow. And he just kept pointing to Christ, pointing to Christ, pointing to Christ. And one day he looked up and Christ was there. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So as we think about revival and awakening, we're not uh, the intent. Uh, if you long for that and you know how critical it is for the work of God to be accelerated during times of revival, we're not doing that to exalt revival. We're doing that to exalt Jesus Christ. And so the gospel, the gospel about Jesus is preeminent. One, one uh, great man of the revival in uh, the First Great Awakening was Samuel Davies. He later became the president of Princeton, and he was known as the Apostle of Virginia. That'd be great to think of the president of Princeton as the Apostle of Virginia. And, and he said, you know, before the revival came, he said, I would hear a pastor stand up and preach their hearts out, faithful men of God, and no results. And then he said, and then the revival came. And I would hear these pastors stand up and preach about Jesus. And in one moment, 200 people would be saved. And I'll never forget this statement. He said, the gospel became almighty and carried everything before it. <laughs> oh, for a win like that, Kyle. Mm. Oh, oh, that, oh, oh, that God would come. And you know what's fascinating? Mm. In the last six months, right. we have heard stories of 2,000 people being mm. saved in one church, 200 people being saved on a day right. in another church. We've heard five or six of these reports just in our own denomination yeah. of, of just awakening, yeah. just spiritual awakening. And you say, well, that's just a phenomena or they're doing some little trick. No, these were men who got desperate, right. started praying, started seeking God. And behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah. And you hear that in preceding, like if you go before that, in the last five years, I had not heard those stories at all. Yeah. Anyway. And, then, and then in a six-month window, it's like popping up here, popping right. up there, popping up here. Right. And I think that, that COVID helped us mm -hmm. get desperate. Yeah. It helped, it helped us get desperate for like when everything starts falling apart. And, you know, and ministry as we knew it wouldn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard so many people went back to the original blueprint, mm -hmm. to the Word. Oh, and yeah. and the, book Acts, Acts. the book many, of Acts. How many guys have been preaching through Acts lately? Right. And it's because that's the power. Right. Yeah, it's one, a church that walked in power. How did they do that? <laughs> and they prayed and they fasted and they sought the Lord and, and they believed God big. And, mm -hmm. and they, you know, I heard one pastor say, uh, he's talking about all these people being saved. He said, the Lord said to him one day, he said, show me in, the, in his word, God's word. He said, show me in the Bible where people uh, that believed weren't immediately baptized. Yeah. And he said, the Lord said it to him one night. And he said, well, Lord, I don't know that I can. Yeah. You know, he said, well, then why would you not give people a chance tomorrow to be baptized? Yeah. And, you know, all these yeah, people. The next would, day, if it's yeah. the same guy I'm thinking yeah. about, 99 people were right. baptized in his church on a single day. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just spreading. Uh, yeah, so and Jesus is being is, exalted. Is exalted. Yeah, you know, like and every one of those guys are out, as as soon as I talk to him, hey man, we didn't do nothing. We didn't do anything. Right, right. Hey, hey they're so careful with a real move of God because yeah. it's so right. They 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 just don't want to 
hinder it in any well, way. You know, uh, humility comes. I've been in some moments, mm-hmm. and I know this. It is so extraordinary that you could take credit, sure. but you know, if I do this, going to quench it's this over. thing. Yeah. It's over. And so I hear in moments of real revival, people really exalting Christ yeah. and giving him all the glory. Amen. But we're going to hear a great interview from another person that was dramatically affected by the Jesus movement. Uh, your heart's going to thrill to hear this. So uh, just listen in these next few moments. Well, welcome once again to a One Cry podcast interview. I am so thrilled on this Jesus Movement series because in Isaiah, it says we're to remember him in his ways. And while in my lifetime, remembering him in his ways, and God meets with those people, Isaiah says, uh, the Jesus Movement is so fresh for my generation, uh, certainly in the 70s and all that led up to that. And so today we are so blessed to have someone that really has dug deep, not only in uh, understanding historically and biblically the Jesus movement, not only in producing movies and films uh, related to that and revival generally, many of you know the Woodlawn movie, uh, but also out of his family, his dad, out of his own uh, heritage there, there was real personal impact. So John Irwin, welcome. Thank you for joining us on the One Cry podcast. And we want to hear just a, your story, maybe even how did it first, I remember a little bit of how you first became acquainted with the Jesus movement. Is it yeah. maybe because of your impact on your dad? You tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Great to, uh, great. Uh, always great to see you, uh, Byron. And yes, revival and, and uh, it has become one of the great, um, uh, passions of of my life and and you know there's this thing we talk about i work in the entertainment business i make uh, uh movies but there's this thing we talk about uh fomo in, in the entertainment industry which is the fear of missing out and that's what uh that's what basically we we try to create when we re- release a film and that really is what happened to me in discovering the jesus movement i was working on a film called Woodlawn. My dad was actually the chaplain of, of Woodlawn High School. And as a composite character, uh, he's played by Sean Astin in the film. And, and it basically tells the story of, you know, an entire high school being rescued from uh, collapsing from, from racial tension um, by, by a revival and, and by a spiritual awakening. And it was just, the story was so like, I, it was almost too good to be true. Like, can this, did this really happen? Like, is this possible? And I, I just went on a you know, I just got curious and my mom and dad were saved in the Jesus movement. And, uh, the, you know, I think the, the culmination of the Jesus movement was Explo 72 in Dallas, Texas. They were there. And, um, and I just began to realize that much of Christianity, certainly today, and, and even America was shaped by the last great revival in America, which, which was the Jesus movement. And I've been a Christian all my life. I felt FOMO. I felt this fear of missing out. Like I, I, I want to experience this in my time, um, and and in my generation. And and you know, I just began to, to do a lot of research. You know, the the, the cover of um, I, I got really uh, interested in this Time Magazine cover. But the cover, I mean, the first Time Magazine that was that had a cover that was not a picture. It was just black and white, and it had the words "Is God Dead?" That was 1967. Mm-hmm. Four years later. 
uh, there's this cover of Time that reads the Jesus Revolution, and Jesus is on the cover, and I'm just like, what happened, you know? And I just think that's we, incredible, really. You know, I, so I just started uh, getting interested in the story. I'm a storyteller, and uh, I, you know, I I believe that we're in a similar time. I remember talking to some people that you've talked to. You mentioned Michael Cat was on it, which I love him, was on this podcast, and I remember finally asking, um, uh, I think. Governor Huckabee, I think, who was also at at, uh, at Explo, um, and just said, "How much yeah, did desperation? Yeah, how much did?" And it was like a life changing moment for him. Uh, how how much did desperation have to do with this? And he said, "It was everything. Uh, we were desperate." And and uh, you think about the times in the late '60s, um, very similar uh, to today, and just the level of what do we do? We need help. We need hope now more than ever. Um, there's these layers of, there's just so many similarities. And I, and I think we find ourselves just in another desperate time. And, and, and we need this, we need this, the Jesus movement in the most unlikely places, like a lot of hippies and a lot, you know, in California. And uh, it, it was a sweeping move of God. Uh, and it was a revolution of, of love um, in, in a time of great despair. And, uh, and, you know, I, I just think uh, we need that again. We need that again in yeah. a pretty big way. And, you know, you've done a, even a whole lot more research than I've ever done on the Jesus movement. Uh, but I remember, I think somewhere it was Time Magazine where actually, because I, I graduated from high school in 68 in the midst of all the turmoil and the chaos yeah. and, and all of that. And I remember an article where it says, will America even survive this year? Yeah. yeah. And uh, boy, is that kind of. Isn't it, that relevant? <laughs> I mean, yeah. think about it. And, uh, and, you know, even in a deeper way. I just love history because I love stories and yeah. uh, you know, you can't separate the American revolution uh, from what preceded it only by a couple decades, which is the great awakening. And there have been multiple times throughout our history as a nation where we have needed uh, God uh, uniquely in the moment. And, and, uh, and, and he has shown up and, uh, and, and these revivals have happened. And it's something I think only God can do. But boy, can we pray for it and boy, can we talk about it and we can share those stories. You know, I, 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 I think the father of, uh, is it George Whitfield or was it, I think somebody said this in, the, in that was uh, one of the fathers of our, of our revivals. Basically, the, the summary of it is that the flame, uh, yeah. uh, the, uh, the fame of revival spreads the flame spreads of the revival. Flame, yeah. that telling stories about what God has done. Uh, can help instigate people saying, I want this to happen uh, in my time. And so, you know, I feel like that's one of our responsibilities um, as storytellers. And so I just got so, so interested. And every time I talk to someone, uh, you know, in I'm a, I'm a, what do they call them? A geriatric millennial. Now I'm a year one millennial. Right, We've gotten right. old, but, um, but, uh, but whenever I talk to someone in, in your generation, like the stories were truly unbelievable mm -hmm. and far beyond my experience as a Christian in terms of just what God did in the nation at large. And, um, and, and, and it really shaped Christianity. It shaped the nation. It, Christian music was born out of it. And so many things happened in that movement. Um, and, uh, and I just began to, to say, how can, how can this happen in, in my life, in my family, in my city, in, in my country, in, in our time? I just think we need it. And I think we're back at that place where we are legitimately asking, like, are we going to survive this? You know, is our, is our nation going to survive? I've, I've never in my life experienced a time of, of this type of division and, uh, and unrest and, 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 and hopelessness. And so I just think that we, we need this. And, um, and that's yeah. why we became passionate about it. 
Yeah. And John, you know, you said a couple of things there. One that uh, really resonated with about the, the fame of revival spreads the flame and all those movies and all that you're doing to help spread the stories. Somebody else said that the revival spreads on the wings of testimonies. Really, it's revival mm. spreads on the wings of stories. So as you picked up on all these stories and you alluded a little bit to how God has used that to put a burden and passion in your heart for such a movement today, uh, really, it's it's probably you uncovering, unearthing the stories of yeah. the Jesus movement and other revivals that you've now studied. And, and, and people ask me a lot of times, how, how do you keep a burden and passion for revival? And I said, well, when I see God move today, that's, that's huge. That's the fire and the smoke is on your clothes forever. But you can get the same passion by studying the movements yeah. of God in the past. So maybe you could go a little deeper on what that has done to your heart just to study, become more aware of uh, the ways of God in those movements. Well, I remember like when we did the movie, um, I Can Only Imagine, which was um, in some ways, Andy and I are like, oh, we're the guys that made I Can Only Imagine and those other ones, because <laughs> you know, that was sort of the big, yeah. big hit. Uh, but I was talking to to Bart, um, you know, who wrote that song. And uh, and um, and I just said, what is the, what is the experience of this? Um, what's the base experience of it? And he said, it's just, it's a rush of hope. Um, mm -hmm. And, and that we, we sort of built on that and, and, and uh, that has been, been a rallying cry uh, 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 from us uh, and, and what we want to inject in, in the films that we make. Um, and I just think that's what studying revival became for me. Uh, it was, there is, there is hope in times like this. Yeah. And the hope is not in, all the things that are good things, economic prosperity, po politics, that, that's not what has rescued uh, us before, uh, you know, in times of, of, of hopelessness like we're in. And I would just argue that this very diverse, very sweeping movement um, of love in the midst of despair and just God mm -hmm. breaking through um, mm -hmm. all those things that we that that, that we say we, we want, we're sort of, at, you know, natural aftermaths of that, you know prosperity and you know the political to whatever uh, we need to we need to we need to get back to 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 the essence of the thing and uh and, and begin praying for revival again in our own lives and, and in our nation and so for me it just um i think it intrigued me honestly it made me a little uh uh sad and jealous because i'm like man i've never experienced i mean my generation has never experienced anything like this and and i and i want it to you know um uh, I love that when Paul says of David in Acts that he served the purposes of God in his generation, you know, and, and uh, you had you had to own your time and your generation and certainly the tools of your time. That's why we love mass media, but I, I want God to work in my generation the same way he worked in your generation and in a way that's undeniable. Um, and uh, so, you know, all, all I knew to do was to tell those stories as loudly as I can Um and, uh, and, and in fact, Jesus revolution is the movie that I'm, that I'm going into directing next. And so, uh, which is this, which is the story. And, um, and so I just, I feel like that, that that's, uh, that's become just something that, that I, that I constantly think about and crave in my own life. And, um, I just think that we need to, to, to wake up from our, um, sort of, uh, um, complacency and refocus on, on what, what would really make a difference and, and really seek God again. And, and again, in our own lives and in our own family, but it's a very difficult time. It's a difficult time on families. It's a difficult time on our country. Um, but, you know, 
light shines brightest in darkness. And, and this is, this is the very set of circumstances that God broke through last time and uh, in a very big way. And so that there, we could be in a unique, uh, as crazy as the world is right now, we could be in a very unique opportunity for God to move in a really powerful way. And, and I just hope he does. I hope, I hope he does. And, and we should pray for it and we should use our skills and, and we should, we should, uh, we should bring everything, all of our gifts to the table. Um, and I just think that, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a theologian, uh, but, but I think that, um, that I think it's Matthew 24, the, uh, it, somewhere in there, the disciples say to Jesus, what's the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And he says a lot of things that you have you know, wars, rumors of wars, you know, brother rising up against brother, nation rising up against nation, you know, all the things that we we find ourselves in the midst of, you know, and, and, you know, the, the, I think there's a verse in there where he says, he who endures to the end will be saved. And a lot of times I feel like that's the attitude that we take mm. and we just hunker down and it's just wait, wait for, wait for <laughs> Jesus to come back and, and, uh, or, or whatever. But you know, the next verse is, is this gospel of the kingdom. We'll go to the whole world. We'll go to every nation as a testimony and then the end will come. And so to me, we're the first generation that could say, you know, we can get this done. We can get the gospel to the mm. entire world in our time because of technology. And, uh, and so I think it's time we, we go on the offense and we begin telling those stories as loudly as we can, you know, uh, and, uh, and we invade platforms and technologies and start to just shout from the rooftops what God has done in, in, in hopes yeah. that he'll do it again. And, and I think that's what we should do. And I think that's what we can do. And that's the opportunity that our, that our generation has. So in a moment, I want you to pray. A lot of our, our viewers, our pastors, listeners, our full-time ministry people around the country and world, and, and I want you to pray for them. Maybe, John, to put that kind of hope uh, into their hearts that it isn't too dark ever for God to break loose and to break forth with the light of his glory. Uh, but before that, how can we pray for you, John? I know you're working on the Jesus Revolution. What's your heart for that? And uh, then would you pray for our viewers and listeners? Absolutely. Uh, thank, thank you for that. Um, and I'll certainly try. Uh, and when it comes, I'm, a film, I'm a filmmaker, man. I'm an uneducated. First of all, God can use anybody. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, from, I'm born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama. Had to do kindergarten twice, barely graduated high school, you know, and, and, uh, and started working for ESPN when I was 15. So, so I, I will... I will I will do my best to to pray for for the audience being completely underqualified. Uh, but I would just say that that uh, you know, for us, um, and I think it's time we we take this attitude. But I love you know when Caleb uh, says to Joshua, "Give me this this mountain." You know, it's 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 fortified, but I you know I want this mountain. You know, I'm gonna take this mountain. We need to each in our own way, each in our own gifts have that for us it's that hill with the hollywood sign on it it's like we want that mountain let's take it back and there's there's a there's a there's a group of of, of christians that is just ever growing and we're trying to learn our craft and we're trying to make the films better to say mm. you know this is the most powerful way to tell a story that the mm. world has ever known um, it's global it's america's second largest export let's let's get back in that arena and mm. let's uh, take that hill and uh, it's fortified and it's dark, you know, but God's at work. And every time, you know, our audience supports, you know, we say your movie ticket is your vote. Um, uh, you know, it gives us more and more leverage to make the films bigger and bigger. And the Jesus movement just keeps coming up. We're releasing a documentary uh, here uh, 
in a week or so, or might've already been been out based off whenever this comes out is, is called the Jesus music and the whole origin of Christian music. Like the whole first third of the movie became about the Jesus movement Mm -hmm. um, just because of the widespread effects of that movement. And that's where the music that we love uh, comes from. So this revival just keeps bubbling up, you know? And so I think we need to pray for it, but just pray that God would give us, um, uh, you know, favor, um, a lot of times we do feel like Nehemiah just sitting before Kings and it's amazing what they're allowing us to do, the money that they're spending and, and the platform that they're giving us worldwide uh, to, to, to tell. And that's just because of the size and power of our unified audience. And so I'm grateful. So just pray that God would keep working in Hollywood, pray that God would keep giving boldness to Christians that are in Hollywood. I remember we worked with a company called Lionsgate, a movie studio. And I remember when I was, uh, when I was having one of my first meetings with the CEO, felt uh, John Feltheimer, which he's a great guy. I came out of his office and one of the heads of the other departments waved me over and he was in the corner and he was looking around. He's like, yeah, I just want you to know I'm a Christian and there's a few of us here and we're so glad you're here. And I was literally able to say, we're coming in through the front door. They're paying us to be, this is your moment. You can sort of, you know, you can come out about it. And uh, there's Christians like that all over the entertainment industry. And so just pray that God would give them boldness. And, and renew their passions to use their gifts um, uh, for his purposes and not just their own. And, and uh, it, there's an uprising right now going on in the entertainment industry as it relates to Christianity. And, and, uh, and, and we need your prayers and we cover your support and you're a part of it when you go see the movies. Ultimately, that is, that is uh, the constituency that gives us the power to do what we're doing. And, and, and we're very grateful. So thank you for the support. And, uh, and just know that in Hollywood, God is at work. God is, but it's a dark place and it's tough. It's really tough. Uh, but God is at work and, uh, and please pray for us. Well, pray for that infusion of hope, uh, in pastors and leaders and those who will be, uh, watching this podcast. Okay. I'll pray. Dear God, uh, uh, dear Lord, thank you so much that, uh, thank you for Byron. Thank you for, for the unified passion for revival. We pray that you would revive our country. We, we, we pray that you would revive our hearts and we pray that we, we would, uh, revive the, the, the church, awaken us all of, of our need for you. I pray that you just encourage every leader who's leading um, uh, their congregation uh, or, or, or their home or their church or their school or their um, uh, through this season of great change and turmoil. I pray that you just give them renewed uh, hope. Uh, I pray that you would fill our, fill our, um, our hearts with uh, with the hope that only the gospel can bring and the peace that only the gospel can uh, bring. And I pray that you would revive us again to to get after it and get the gospel to to the world. And I pray that we'd be able to 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 do to to exercise our gifts boldly and uh, and and for your purposes. And Lord, we love you and we thank you that you love us. And uh, we we just commit um, our gifts to you. And again, we just pray that you would. Uh, you would heal our nation and you, you would revive our, our land and that that would begin first and foremost in our hearts and in our families. And we love you. Amen. 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 Well, what an incredible testimony. And, you know, we could line up a thousand guys right. and ladies yeah. uh, who could tell similar stories of mm-hmm. what God did during this movement. In fact, uh, I know in the different records in the Southern Baptist Convention, one guy did a study of this, which is our largest denomination in the country. More students mm-hmm. were saved and baptized mm-hmm. in 1970 and 71 than in any period before or any period since. Wow. 
So it was just this amazing movement. And what's cool is it was among students, hmm. primarily where that started. And that should tell us something. Why? Their hearts are tender. Yeah. They're willing to listen. Yeah. And some of the men that quenched revival in their churches, their hearts were hard. Hmm. They had, this is the way we do it. Hmm. We're not going to change. We're not going to let these hippies with their guitars come into our church. And uh, I just think about Chuck Smith at Calvary Man, Chapel yeah. in California. They've planted since that time, if I I've heard this correctly, right. 100,000 churches, mm. 100,000 mm. churches all over, the world. In, all over the world. Well, that Chuck Smith was one of the guys that said, we're going to move with God. Yeah. We're going to open up. We're going to let these hippies come in. Mm-hmm. We're going to let them express their worship with their sure. music. The Maranatha music came out of all of that. And Shaped I can- I can name all those groups because I had every record, and <laughs> it changed it changed the whole face of the church. Yeah. But many churches just shut it down. Mm. And uh, Lord, we don't want to be that. Amen. And so we're going to pray, and uh, we want to just wrap up this this little uh, series on the Jesus movement by asking that God would do it again. Amen. And uh, in our day, so Kyle, why don't you begin, and then I'll close us. So, Lord, uh, do it again. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I pray, Lord, I, I love and we love uh, that what was known as this real move of God was known by your name, mm-hmm. by your name. Yes. And so, Jesus, be mm-hmm. exalted again in this day, in this generation. Mm-hmm. Let a movement come mm-hmm. that would glorify you rightly, Lord, right. that millions, millions would be swept into the kingdom of God. Uh, Lord, millions would catch fire, Lord, for your gospel, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, that you would empower a people to mm-hmm. get the name of Jesus to the ends of the earth, mm-hmm. to the ends of the earth, Lord. So we just say we want you. We're desperate for you. We, mm-hmm. we desire to see something totally supernatural, a sweeping move of the Lord Jesus Christ. So come, mm-hmm. Lord, we pray. Lord, we love that insight from John Piper, who said that missions should exist because worship isn't existing. And the reason, Lord, we long for revival and spiritual awakening is because people are not giving you the glory that you deserve. Lord, we we pray for a spiritual awakening in our land so that millions of people would glorify your name, Lord that children would sing your praises, that students would see God as God and worship you, and that our lives, a whole generation, would be saved from worshiping the creature rather than the creator. So, Lord, would you send revival? Lord, we just we cry out. We just, we just add our voice and all the voices of those who are listening today to the millions of people across, and there are millions, across our land who are saying, Lord, please be merciful to us. Uh, Lord, we we join with the psalmist in Psalm 85 who said, uh, Lord, will you not revive us again that your people would rejoice in thee and not in something else? Worship thee instead of worshiping something else. So we, we ask that you would do it again, Lord, in our day. And let us see the beauty of heaven and the beauty of our master in, in full manifestation. And we pray that in your precious holy name. Amen. Amen.
Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, don't miss next week. We're going to talk about the difference between an experience-based revival and a word-based revival. Very important.